let's let's start rolling. You're doing the intro there, Aaron. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Newcastle Going Green, a series of monthly Zoomcasts brought to you by the Newcastle Sustainability Advisory Board. Each episode will give you information about green initiatives and sustainable options you can find around Newcastle. Hear from experts in various fields, coupled with a neighbor's experience with the practice being discussed during each episode. On today's episode, we will focus on the newly passed ban on gas-powered leaf blowers from the months of June to September with guests Rand Manassi and Tracy Stein. Rand Manassi is the Chief Operating Officer at Sunrise Solar Solutions in the metropolitan New York region. He is a lifelong New York resident, raising his family in Westchester County, where he serves on the board of the Sustainability Advisory Board of Newcastle. Rand headed the Leaf Blower Initiative, presenting the idea to the town board and working with the other SAB members to get the new ordinance passed. Tracy Stein is a longtime resident of Chappaqua and has served on the Sustainability Advisory Board for about five years during her residency. Tracy is a lawyer who presently works for a number of nonprofits consulting on environmental policy, advocacy, and programming. We welcome Rand and Tracy to Newcastle Going Green. Thank you. Hi, welcome everybody. It's Maxine here. That was Aaron Silver. We have Gabriel Paley and Tracy Stein and, and Ram Manassi, our guests. And um, there's a little bit of history that goes along with leaf blowers that kind of no one goes into. So we're just going to briefly give you a slight history of leaf blowers. So the earliest leaf blowers were designed in the 50s and 60s, starting as backpack crop dusters and morphing into tools for landscaping. As they became more popular in the 70s and 80s, making yard work more easy and allowing for less water usage for landscaping, it started to become clear that they had an enormous effect on the environment. Cities like Carmel, California banned the use of gas-powered backpack leaf blowers as early as 1975. Their two-stroke engine, while efficient, uh, was responsible for enormous air pollution and had a high-pitched loud whine. We all know that one. Uh, although these issues were addressed in later versions of the two-stroke engine, the shift to electric leaf blowers has been most impactful. Cordless lithium-ion batteries-powered leaf blowers were developed in the 2000s, allowing for cheap operation and portability while addressing noise and air pollution. And then now we have some little some facts about leaf blowers. Today, there are about 11 million gasoline leaf blowers in the US, each generating wind speeds of around 180 miles per hour. Uh, these leaf blowers generate as much tailpipe emissions in one hour as automobile does over 100 miles. Uh, the average two-stroke commercial blower generates every year 277 pounds of volatile organic compounds. 825 pounds of carbon monoxide, which is a toxic polluting gas, and 3.3 pounds of particulates blown up from the ground by leaf blowers wind. And we know that adds to a lot of problems. So we have Rand here, um, who's gonna answer questions about how this uh, leaf blow initiative started in Newcastle. And we're gonna follow that with uh, Gabriel interviewing Tracy. So let's start off, Rand, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? you um, we're, we're in the summertime and it's a little quieter here. Thanks to an effort by you and Tracy and Kat, all the people on the SAB who helped get this established. So what was the main reason for pursuing a ban on gas powered leaf blowers? 
I'm, I'm glad it's quieter. But that was really just one of the main reasons or one of the reasons that we decided to pursue this. And it's been a it's been a effort that's that's gone on for years. Uh, but I'm glad we got to the, the final result. Um, but the three reasons and, and noise is, is one of them. I think it's probably the one that comes first to mind of most people uh, because it's the one that's obvious. Um, we, you know, we all sit in our backyard and then all of a sudden we hear those leaf blowers going and disturbs our peace. But there's two others that are probably are just as important, if not more important. One of them is the effect that it has on climate. Uh, we all see the effect of climate change. Uh, it's becoming more and more obvious every year. Well, gas leaf blowers are a big contributor to that. The, the carbon offset that it creates, the amount of carbon um, that it contributes to the atmosphere by those two-stroke engines is is really pretty great. Uh, there's some studies which show that the amount of a two-stroke engine uh, polluting the atmosphere is probably greater than if I was taking a Ford F-150 and drive it from here to Alaska. Um, so, you know, and I can get more into that detail, but not really what we want to do right now. Um, so there's the carbon effect, carbon offset effect, and then the, so it's carbon noise. And the last part of it, and probably what's more important to those residents around us is the particulate matter that those high speed engines are causing every time they blow um, the gardens around us. So as they're blowing all that leaves, well, leaves are, don't happen in the summer. Uh, because they're leaf blowers, they should be only be used off season. But as you're blowing the beds, the garden beds around you, or even the grass, it's blowing up all those thin, those little particulates in the beds. And that gets into your lungs. Well, for an adult, that might be okay. But if you're a little, little person or an older person, that's not good for you. And that can cause asthma, it can cause uh, breathing problems. If you have, you know, any type of breathing problem, it's going to cause problems. So those were the three main issues that we really needed to address. And we took those issues to the uh, people on the council and in town, um, and we explained that to them. And that's really where we started the issue. That's really where we started to try to take this through the local government. Right. There, there's a lot of other you know, things in terms of you talking about you blowing the beds and the particulates and but there's also COVID going on now and anything that's going to hamper breathing or or put things into the atmosphere that are bad is not a good thing. And it also displaces you know, beneficial pollinators and, and insects. And uh, to me, you know, what are you what are you blowing anyway in the summer? You know, grass clippings are good, you know, and I think that at this point, you know, what are, so, so in terms of the benefits, you know, what are the biggest benefits that we have, you know? Good point, Maxine. There's no reason in the summer months to really be blowing anything on any, anything, even the hardscape, hardscape being driveways and walkways. There's no reason to be blowing anything around uh, in your lawns and your beds. You only want to keep all of that in place. It's fertilizer. You know, why go out and add chemicals to your lawn or add chemicals to a bed when you, what you cut up, what your wild grass clippings are, is natural fertilizer. Let's just let it lie. That's the best thing for it. Uh, before lawn uh, leaf blowers, we used to just leave that in place. It naturally fertilized everything. We might as well continue to do that. Now we're blowing all that around. It's just 
adding to respiratory problems. With COVID, you bring up a good point. With COVID, that's an airborne disease. Why, why add that to the problem that we're having already? So right. it's best just to leave it in place. Right, and a lot, and also the, 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 the aspect of the health of the workers is another issue that I think is important because they're blowing all this stuff around and they're breathing this stuff in right then and there. They're right. bringing, breathing in the gasoline, they're breathing in the particulates. And, and if someone gets their lawn you know, sprayed and then the, they come in and they're starting to blow the next day, you have the pesticides on the lawn being sprayed around. Right. So uh, it's to me just a win-win that we can, you know, get this off, uh, you know, the lawns for a few months. And, and, and my next question is, can, can this be amended to include, you know, it for a longer period of time or, or have, you know, Sundays taken off, you know, that you can't do it? Or, or is that something down the line that we're thinking about? Yeah, well, before I go there, let's just go back to the workers with OSHA. Okay. Uh, OSHA has stated that from a noise standpoint, the noise level that leaf blowers contribute to, uh, a worker should not be exposed to that noise level for more than three to four hours a day. And they're out there eight, 12 hours a day, especially in the summer. So we really should be protecting them. Uh, and they're, they're not thought of at all. And they should be wearing... Uh, headgear that protects their ears. And if you drive around town, you don't see that at all. Right. As for, something that needs to be addressed. Right. Right. Um, As for extending the, the, the law, I think when, uh, legis- when, when Newcastle legislators uh, put this in place, they did that with the idea that this is a first step, um, that as we move forward in the town, uh, residents adapt the legislation. And they see that we really don't need to blow uh, things in the summertime, that leaf blowers are really here to clean up in spring and in fall, that summertime we can start to extend that law even further. Right. Um, and as we see in other communities in the county, um, they are starting to take that effect and they are starting to extend it either further into the summer uh, time frames or even during off season to create a ban on gas blowers all through the year. What about um, two things, because I know we want to get, get over to Tracy, uh, the enforcement issue and also the, the power issue of the electric blowers. Are they enough to, to uh, do the job? Yeah, enforcement-wise, um, I think the town's taking a great approach on this. They're starting off with uh, enforcement being really more educational than enforcement to start off with. Uh, I think for the first month or so, if they find someone is violating the, the uh, legislation, the, the law, they're coming out with a warning. It's the right way to do it. We need to get everyone educated. Um, and after that, they will start to find people. Uh, so it's a uh, easy roll into the, the law itself. As for power of these um, electric blowers, the power is, is pretty much equivalent to that of a gas. Um, they do blow at a pretty uh, strong force, but there's a big difference in the engines. The mowers, uh, the blowers uh, that are in the electric don't whine at the same pitch level that a gas one does. So you're not hearing that uh, that level of pitch that is breaking through your eardrums and causing your, your head to spin. 
Right. So, so just quickly, if people have questions, where can they go to ask them? I mean, the SAB has a, a Facebook page or? They do. The, FP, the SAB has an FAQ page. Um, go out to uh, the SAB website and you can find everything you need out there. Um, we can post that as a, uh, out, out on the, I guess, the chat of the, this blog. Great. Rand, thank you so much. Um, your work has been amazing and truly, you know, we, we appreciate everything that you and, and the SAB ha has done to get this in place. Thank, uh, you so for the, thank you for putting the blog together and my pleasure for disseminating the information. Great. So just hang on and we're going to, we're going to talk to Tracy Stein and, and I'm going to switch it off to Gabriel. Hello. Hello. So again, thank you so much, Rand, for being one of the members who really spearheaded this effort. But now I think what would be interesting to do is really take a look at the neighbor's perspective, because some of these numbers can sometimes get lost. But my first question today, and one that I really feel will try to drive the point that this, this ban is really beneficial to just the average resident, is Tracy, what benefits have you and your neighbors noticed as a result of the ban immediately? I mean, we've only had this ban for about a month now. So what have you, what have you noticed already? Well, first I have to say, um, it's really great to be in this panel and I especially love to see students, Aaron and Gabe, thanks for being part of it. So immediate benefits, um, certainly noise. And, and I know I feel much better about, about, not, um, about leaving my grass in a natural state, not blowing particulate matter and not spewing the carbon emissions. So I feel very good about that. Um, I also just think that it makes sense. So I feel good about doing something that just, it's logical. A couple of years ago, when the SAB was considering whether to enact this um, electric, uh, the, the gas ban, I spoke to my own landscapers to see how it worked, how it would work in practice, right? Does it make sense? And it really makes sense. Um, you don't need to blow them. It's really about communicating. And my landscaper was particularly open um, and you know receptive to my request and it's working with them so if you're going to blow the the uh, the, gra the grass clippings you can blow them into your yard you don't have to even have them go into your driveway it just everything about it I thought uh, makes makes sense I feel good about being part of an effort that addresses worker safety noise and and climate justice, quite honestly, and, and certainly climate. Um, I hope that answers your question. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it really is incredible. I think that this ban specifically really is a win-win situation. I mean, as Rand mentioned, as you're mentioning, I mean, it's a, it's a win for the gardeners and landscapers. It's a win for the residents. There are definitely clear benefits to it. Um, I was actually had a follow-up question to one thing that you were saying um, about your landscaper being receptive. Um, so you've spoken to residents in your area. Um, how have like landscaping companies in general responded to this? Has it been mixed or has it generally been good? Well, I, I, I can only speak to my experience and my friends' experiences. And I think conveying to landscapers what you what you want and expect is helpful. If they don't know, they're going to continue to, to blow the, the grass clippings with what they have, their gas blowers. Um, I've spoken to friends and neighbors about options also. If you if you want to 
if you want to clean, there are, you know, there's the electric option. And I've spoken to my landscaper about that. I actually purchased one. They're not very expensive. And um, if, if there's something beyond grass clippings that needs to be cleaned, I've made it available. Um, and hopefully soon the, the gardeners themselves will transition to electric blowers. But I really think that it's about communicating what your expectations are. If, the, if landscapers don't know that this is what we also want, what their customers want, they may continue doing what they've normally done. They think that people expect these very pristine, clean yards without understanding without knowing that really, you know, it's customers who learn and are aware can do a lot in changing, changing that path. So residents play a very critical role in this whole relationship between landscapers and, um, you know, this ordinance. And I think that that goes back to a point that was made earlier about education. And that, that kind of leads me to the, to this question. Have you, in your experience, I mean, you obviously do a lot of environmental work and you're very active in this area, but have you found that many residents know about the law? I mean, right now we're about a month out, as I said, so most should, but if not, how would you suggest also spreading the word? Well, again, um, we as a community have to really talk to our friends and neighbors. Um, I think that's, you know, we there are signs that are now up. I think people are becoming aware. There's been a lot of discussion about it. Um, and the most important way to work with our community is to really talk to friends and neighbors and let them know that this is a good option, that there are you know, ways to purchase electric blowers if, that, if they need that as an alternative. It's really about all of us reaching out and speaking to those that we know and pointing to the resources that are available. Rand mentioned the, the, the FAQs on, um, on the SAB's Facebook page and website really can uh, teach so much about the benefits, um, the benefits to the, the, to the ban and, uh, and ways to work with it. So there are resources that are available and we all have to really reach out and speak to our friends and neighbors. Okay, so with that, Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for doing this and for really giving us some insight as to this, how this ordinance has played out in the community. And I'll pass it off to Maxine for the conclusion. Great. Thank you both. Thank you, everyone. It's been great. Uh, thanks uh, for joining us for Newcastle Going Green. Uh, for more info, you can visit the Sustainability Advisory Board's Facebook page. You can also email us at newcastlesab at gmail.com with questions. Um, I'm Maxine Margarubin, along with uh, Aaron Silver, Gabriel Paley, and uh, we have Rand Manassi and Tracy Stein. And, and, and off camera, we're going to have a shout out to Alicia Malloy for all her help. And we'll catch you again next time. 